Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. And this week, coming to us from Oregon is James Hodge Green. Uh, James, among many things, is an entrepreneur and a basketball star. We're going to get into the many nuances of his life and his opinions. So before we can do that, let's just say hello. How are you, James? Hey, I'm living the dream. How you doing today? I'm doing really good. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. It's uh, a little warmer than normal out here in Arizona. And uh, as I mentioned before the call briefly, your mom is one of my all-time best friends and favorite people. So it's a total pleasure to interview you today. And thank you. Yeah, no, it's super amazing to be on the show. I'm glad that we could set this all up. I was really excited. Very cool. And uh, our main question that we always ask people is just if you can briefly let our audience know how old are you where did you grow up and uh what generation if any do you feel you belong to okay so james hodge green i am 20 years old and i grew up in phoenix arizona and the generation i think i belong to What's what's the generation after millennial? I always forget them. They call you Gen Z. It's up to you if you want to be it. Gen Z? Yeah, I, I guess I guess I'll claim Gen Z. We'll go with Gen Z for sure. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, before we get into like the nitty gritty of like death and the meaning of life and all that, um, I just wanted to like paint a quick picture of like your many successful and dynamic sides because. Um, it's not that it's that rare, but it's not a common stereotype of an athlete to be as like, uh, like, I don't know, you're, you're a life coach, you're a mentality coach, you're an author, you're an optimistic problem solver by your own words. And I mean, you're just, you have a lot of things going around that aren't just related to basketball, but I am curious, like, to what extent do you love basketball? Do you play basketball? Are you still involved with basketball? Yeah. So right now I'm still a collegiate student athlete. But as of recently, I've decided this would be my last year playing competitively just because uh, all of my entrepreneurial ventures are really uh, going super well. So in terms of basketball, this is my last year playing. So I'm just really enjoying the team feel and really getting all of those last memories in until I go full entrepreneur mode. That's really cool. And that's an exciting time in life. Um, yeah. It, and not to sound condescending, it's the opposite, but I, I completely remember when I was 20 as like a very, very pivotal year in my life. That's cool. And it's also hard to break from goals from your youth as you get other goals and want to switch. So like, for example, I used to play music and then I went into writing. So, um, so I'm sure it'll work out. And just for the audience listening at home, yes, I've seen him play. Yes, he's incredibly awesome and very talented. And he did uh, make it pretty damn far. And I'm sure if you wanted to, you still have uh, room to make it. But uh, let's switch to what you are going to make it in and are making it in, which is your entrepreneurial side. So um, you started the Millionaire Mac Club. Why don't you just briefly explain what that is, how you started it, and why you started it? Okay. Yeah, so the Millionaire Mac Club, we believe millionaires defined by the mindset not monetary status. And I started my company, it's almost been a year. It's a year in February. And the reason being, I've always grown up entrepreneur spirit, uh, you know, taking bags of chips to grade school, selling those, reselling sneakers, always had the entrepreneur spirit, which was awesome. 
but last year when I was 19 uh, and COVID, COVID was very prominent. Uh, during, during lockdown, I just was playing video games, wasn't really doing anything really truly purposeful. So I decided, I was like, wow, like I have all of this potential. I have all these skills. Why am I just playing a video game that I'm not even going to remember any of the milestones? So then that's when I went and started researching how to become wealthy. Originally, I was, it was a really money hungry uh, ambition to start, but then I really started finding my purpose through it. And I started realizing how good, of, not to toot my own horn, but I always have given pretty good advice. So what I thought I would do is start like a business incubator where I could help people launch their companies from the ground up. And I realized I hadn't had a fully successful six-figure, seven-figure company. So I was like, okay, well, until I develop that skill, let's do something else. And that's when I dove into making self-improvement content. And it really evolved very fastly, getting uh, some thousands of followers on social media through my self-improvement content. Just recently finished my ebook. And like you mentioned earlier, I also do self-discipline and mentality coaching with uh, one of my best friends. So the venture has been awesome just in terms of finding my purpose and really being able to turn a passion project into how I pay my bills. That's so damn cool. And I have so many like individual threads from that uh, statement that I want to unravel. So I'm going to start with the first one that really struck me, which is um, discipline is like a word that some people embrace and some people are utterly repelled by. Uh, personally, I love it. And I think it's the most important quality in life. So when you start teaching people self-discipline, which is obviously just like a different way of saying it or a sub genre at the very least, um, what's like your first approach? Uh, do you, do you like assess someone's ability to discipline themselves or like, uh, can you walk us through that word and how you use it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I always do before we even get into the actual disciplines that a client or anybody would need. We first, I'm really big on your vision because you're not going to stay consistent. You're not going to stay disciplined. You're not going to stay hungry if you don't know where you're going, right? So if you don't have a goal or a vision for yourself, then it's very hard to wake up two hours before everybody else typically wakes up going to bed two hours later than everybody uh, goes to bed, making your bed every single day. So the first step is always asking them, what's their vision? If money wasn't an object, what would you be doing with your life? And then from there, we, we reverse engineer, okay, let's just use somebody that wants to be a millionaire, for example. Okay, you want to be a millionaire in the pet industry. Okay, let's dive in. Let's find some people that already did it and let's decipher what habits they have and let's see how quickly we can turn you into that type of person who has uh, habits of making their bed every day, drinking their water every day, uh, cutting out carbs, whatever, whatever niche you're in or whatever type of person you wanna be, how can we duplicate somebody else's success because there's nothing new under the sun. So yeah, so I always ask them, what's your vision? Who's done it? at the scale you want to do it and what are they doing on a day-to-day -day? 
And then from there, we take small action steps to incorporate those habits. Wow, that was awesome. And if anyone in my audience is questioning whether he's an optimistic problem solver, I believe they're not questioning that anymore. Um, so I want to jump to like the main question we ask, which is what do you think happens when you die? But I have a feeling I want to ask like two more questions before we get there, because what you're talking about is so like interesting to me. And I think it's more interesting to hear it now and then get into like the rest. First of all, I just want to say it, it sounds sort of like pleasantly ironic that if your goal is to make money, you state that that's your goal, but then you go through the process of if money were no object. And so I love that like your initial goal was that, and then you discovered this passion. So I'm seeing like a huge connection here between it's not that money is good or bad or who even cares about money. It's that money will follow the passion. Am, am I missing something or does that sound pretty accurate? No, that's 100% accurate because, you know, ultimately you could be making tens and thousands of dollars monthly, but if you're waking up dreading going to work or you're not having a relationship with your kids or with your spouse, then what is it? What is it for? And I actually had a aha moment like that recently where I was doing 14, 16 hour days on my company saying that I'm grinding, I'm grinding to, you know, patch family ties and fix things with my family. But then I realized, okay, I don't need a million dollars to call my mom every day. I don't need a million dollars to call my sisters every day. Like a phone call, other than the phone bill, my phone calls are free. So what can you do? What can you do now that will bring you a good feeling? Like uh, a little quote that I, I thought of yesterday. Well, half of it's mine. I said, life is a feeling process. So don't do things that don't make you feel good. And that's, that's really my biggest thing is because you could have five dollars to your name but if you have eternal happiness then the universe god whoever you whoever you believe in is going to work out that tough time that's awesome and i guess i have to now like since you brought up the universal thing that you do or do not believe in so what exactly do you believe and before you answer that much more specific question um i want to know just about death, what do you think happens when you die? And I always clarify, I don't mean when a person dies. I mean specifically, what do you envision will happen to you yourself when you die? Mm, this is, uh, I was excited to answer this question just because I ponder on this a lot. I really do. Uh, my roommate and I, we talk about uh, different different death theories all the time. So let's see, which one am I am I believing right now? Okay, so I think when you die, or when I die, I believe it's, it's kind of like a purpose system. It's kind of like a purpose system. So you're sent here to earth in your human form by the universe. And so this will answer your, your first question. So I believe the universe is God. So whenever I think of God, I don't think of God in a human form that's at the white gates, you know, with Jesus by his side, by his side, letting you through the heaven gates, saying you either went to heaven or hell. So I believe the universe is everything. And then us as humans, we're a part of the universe. We're a part of everything. Therefore, since we're a part of everything, we are the universe. So I think we have God or the universe within each and every one of us. And that's why we can manifest and create our realities because we are the divine power. So I think when 
you are <clears throat> split into your little individualized uh, body and you're sent to the earth. You're sent here with a purpose because the universe, you know, if you're eternal and you're everything, then it's hard or it's not hard. It's impossible to interact with anything else if you are everything. So I think that's why he made humans to interact with each other so he can experience all of his greatness, all of his divine, all of his uh, infinite abundance in different ways. So I believe like humans, we, we're all just a reflection of each other. And like typically things that you like in other people, you probably have those qualities. Things that you hate in other people, you probably have those qualities. So back to the death thing. So I believe we're sent here with a purpose and an experience that we're supposed to live out given to the highest power, given for, given to us from the highest power. And from there, I think if you go through your day to day, you get divine messages, you get into your, your in, intuition messages. And if it's up to you to tap into source and get familiar with the voice, whatever that voice or however you decipher your messages, it's on you to get close with the ultimate power. So then you can therefore live out your full purpose. And I think, you know, life is like a scoring system. And ultimately, I don't believe there's like heaven or hell, but I think you live through heaven and hell on earth. So that's like your your mental state. So when you're depressed, you're you're living hell on earth. When you're ultimately super happy, super poised, super content, that's heaven on earth. And so I think we go through our lives the, uh, going through different emotions, trying to find that contentment and stillness. And after we leave our body or after I leave my body, I believe if you ultimately achieve your full purpose, then you'll evolve into a higher life form and a more simpler life form. Because I think on earth we have uh, not too complex of a lifestyle, but there's so many variables so much emotional uh emotional turmoil that it is ultimately a complex lifestyle so i think ultimately if you if you achieve your purpose here then you'll evolve to the only way i can really envision it is like you'll just evolve into a higher being and i don't think we'll have like a body form but we'll just be more like light does that make sense that totally makes sense that was awesome <laughs> That was great. Um, how often do you do you hear from people like, wait, you're only 20? Because um, that was <laughs> profound and very, very uh, not. It was complicated, but it, but you explained it really well, so it doesn't sound as complicated. Um, wow, that's cool. Um, and it's funny because I was gonna actually ask you later, not as a softball question, but I was gonna ask you how you handle the whole like, how can you tell me how to help myself when you're so young? Because I'm sure that comes uh, with your occupation, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure answers like that will shut someone up. <laughs> thank you. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, thank you. Thank you. And so actually the only, the only difficult question I can think to ask about that, not because I'm trying to like catch your philosophy, but I want to like really make sure I can test all the like points of it would be, so let's say person A is super depressed because they're in their own hell on earth. And then person B is super, super just pumped, ecstatic, full of the joie de vivre and like, you know, just living on level 11. Um, mm -hmm. What happens if some country just like sets up a nuclear holocaust situation and everyone perishes at the same time? Does that even matter? Yeah. So ultimately, I feel like 
your your emotions they're influenced by your circumstances but they're not defined by your circumstances or that's not the ultimate decision i do feel like obviously with like a holocaust situation it would be extreme for somebody to still be ecstatic but i don't think it'd be far-fetched because there's definitely those people that understand and even even if you understand but have full control of like okay i know this situation is horrible i know my fate is coming but i'm still going to ha hold high spirits i do 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 think there are people out there like that and will keep keep that positive spirit no doubt in a situation like that and i ultimately think I believe that like every situation you end up in isn't, I don't believe in coincidences. I think you somehow attracted that into your life. And this is where like my, my philosophy gets kind of like slippery and kind of confusing because, so you know how I said, after you die, if you achieved your purpose here, then you get to move on to the higher life form. And I also think it's like, there's like eternal karma. So let's say, I don't know if I believe in past lives or not, but I, I kind of do. So let's say in your past life, you, you didn't serve purpose or you weren't in divine order, then I feel like that's where you end up getting rebirthed into a less desirable situation. Or maybe you're born into a less desirable situation because you have something to learn from there, right? So ultimately, uh, it, it's so tough to tell. It's so tough to tell like what in, in those types of situations, I do feel this may sound insensitive, but I do feel like whoever's in that situation somehow, some way attracted that to them. Yeah, yeah, no, and and sure, that might insult some people. Um, as a matter of fact, I think people who suffer from depression might even be insulted by the idea that that's their own hell on earth because there's, like, many different theories on depression, and some people say it's chemical, you can't help it, and others say even if it's chemical, you still can help it. And again, I'm not going to get into that because that's not my interest on this podcast, but I'm giving you space to be right and wrong and all that because that's the whole point of this podcast. But it doesn't take away from what I think you're really setting up, which is a system that rewards those who believe in it, which is to me very interesting because that's a very good way to live your life. So I am curious. Um, I, I'm not young anymore. I'm 40 and I hang out with people mostly my own age. So I don't hear a lot of like optimism the way I used to. And if anyone that I'm hearing it from is, is saying it, it's usually me, <laughs> which can be embarrassing because I'm like a very optimistic person. So I am curious, like, are people in, in your age bracket and the people you interact with, with COVID, with like the elections, and I'm talking about like both of them, like the 16 and the 20, and just all the, the whole shit that's going on right now in the universe, um, are they like optimistic still? Do they believe like in the future or are you hearing like negativity? Um, well, first I want to say 40 is still young in my opinion. I don't know if I'm crazy or if like, change my mind when I get there but I feel like that's still young next time you're here come uh come play basketball with me <laughs> and you'll see what 40 looks like <laughs> but yeah no seriously in terms of optimism with people that I associate with I like to keep my crowd I like to stay around optimistic people because you know I'm an extreme optimistic person like 
I will hear anybody's theory out about life. I will contemplate if aliens are real. I will talk to you about anything because I, I really just like to gain perspective because ultimately I think that's why we're here is to just gain perspective. Um, so the people that I hang out with and associate myself with are extremely optimistic and I really like the crowd that I'm around right now just because uh, we 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 try not to be victims of our circumstances because you know ultimately with the election you only get one vote you only get one vote and yes that's the president of your country but the effects on your day-to-day -day are less than what we actually think right and uh in terms of the the pandemic you know the people that i hang around like I said, we don't like to be victims of our circumstances because I can wake up like, oh, I have to wear this mask when I leave the grocery store. It's like, yeah, you can, if you complain about it, you're still going to have to wear it. If you don't complain about it and just wear it or just have your belief and keep it to yourself, then you're still going to have to wear it, which is fine. And ultimately, like that rule isn't bending, but why are you allowing it to? sway your emotions because if there's so many other factors that can truly be detrimental to your emotions why are you allowing a little mask to uh to mess up your emotions or why are you letting two two guys that are running for president that ultimately don't have your best interest like your personal best interest whoever he's talking to jimmy steve he doesn't like he doesn't know you personally. Why are you allowing that to ruin your day to day friendships, your day to day relationships with your mom, with your dad? And I think uh, ultimately uh, another really cool thing about the people that I hang out with is the extreme optimism allows us to eliminate those those uh, controversial those controversial arguments that could be really, really deadly to friendships just because we believe that the reason that there isn't, uh, th why there's such a divide in the country is because people don't listen to what each other have to say. Because, you know, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, whatever you are, there's some truth in what you believe and there's some, there's some false stuff in what you believe, no matter what, like there's duality to everything. So therefore, if you're not gonna listen to the other side, you could be missing a totally different perspective that could be ultimately the missing piece that would make you 100% correct. So uh, that's, that's what I really like about the people that I'm hanging out with is like, they didn't necessarily conform to what's going on, but realize control what you can control. And then what, whatever you can't control, try to influence that. If you can't influence that and you still don't like what's going on, then then remove yourself from the situation if possible. Very cool. Very cool. Um, most of your answer, I, I, I would have like paid someone your age to say just so it would make me feel better. So that's very cool. Um, and I think, you know, I was joking around about being old. Like, obviously, I feel pretty young and I love life and I'm happy at all ages. But I do think there's a huge media driven argument right now. And I don't think it's real that uh, – people your age hate people like slightly older than me, basically your, your mom's age. And, uh, 
and people their age hate you. <laughs> and uh, I'm in the middle. I like literally feel like a middle child here between like two generations. And again, I don't feel like people I meet your age are saying this, nor do the people I interact with on the other side say it, but the media keeps saying it. So I am curious, is social media toxic? Like from your generational point of view, like what's your relationship to social media right now? Wow, that's a good question. Oh, my relationship with social media is interesting because my whole my whole uh, business foundation is based off of social media. But the funny thing is, I'm not a big social media consumer. So what I really try to do is, uh, because yes, I do think social media is toxic. But what I try to do is just post and then get get right off social media. Just because, you know, the the way the algorithms are set up and the way those platforms are set up is to get you to stay on that app as long as you can and get you going through uh, different emotional cycles. And that's really why I started creating my content, just because, you know, I know most people's feeds are filled up with fight videos, cats falling off 40 feet, uh, Trump and pandemic posts, like all of it is just so, most of it, I won't say all of it, most of it is just so negative and, you know, uh, something that i feel like is almost inevitable uh is you are what you think right you are what you're feeding yourself you are your mental diet so a lot of people are unconscious of what they're consuming mentally and they're wondering why depression rates are the highest that they've been anxiety rates are the highest that they've ever been because once you get on those apps, you just become so unconscious of what's going on, un unconscious of your time, unconscious of what's really real, unconscious of what data is real, unconscious of who you are because you're constantly comparing to uh, Kylie Jenner, to Justin Bieber. You're constantly comparing uh, your, your life to somebody else's picture-perfect profile. So ultimately, I do think social media is toxic for the most part but if you use it correctly then it can really be a benefit to you because instant with the internet we get instant information and ultimately that's what helps us evolve as humans is gaining more information gaining more perspective so if you figure out a way to set up your algorithm and you know cut out the bikini models cut out the the pictures of people smoking and drinking and you really fill your feet up with you know daily positive quotes uh videos of people saying you can do it videos of uh people in your niche doing doing what you want to do so you get inspired and you know if you are going to compare yourself to somebody then have it be a comparison of somebody doing something great don't have it be you're comparing yourself peer to peer and the the peer that you're comparing yourself to isn't even doing what you want to do like compare yourself to a millionaire to a billionaire compare yourself to Jeff Bezos to you know somebody that's doing something inevitably impactful why are you comparing yourself to Sally Mae down the road that is ultimately not happy with where she's at but she's making it seem that way on Instagram um, so yeah, I do, I do think, uh, social media is toxic.
Cool. Very good answer and uh, very intriguing to think about because I'm in the same dilemma. I obviously want this podcast to succeed. I'm also a writer. Uh, I'm told the only way to get attention is on social media. And so I try to play the game, but I also see everything you're talking about and, and kind of I dislike would be the nicest way to say it. Um, so we are running out of time. I'm going to give you after this next question, the floor to just kind of give your peace of mind to everyone, um, which I can't wait for. But before that, I do have a special request and my wife's going to kill me. She's our producer and she listens to every episode. She's listening now. And she has trouble waking up in the morning. That's her main problem. Once she's up, she's a go-getter. She works very hard. So you can speak indirectly to her or directly. It's up to you. But what would be your advice for people listening? Because I think it's about 50-50. I think 50% of us jump out of bed and the other 50 don't. Uh, what's your advice to that that particular problem? Yeah, um, my advice is the morning starts the night before. So it's really how do you go to bed? Because if you're going to bed, uh, it's not good for your mind to be on your devices 30 minutes before bed just because your mind is processing so much. Whether you think like, oh, my way to wind down is watching a Netflix show. It's like, yeah, you think that's pretty casual, but your mind is really processing so much. So my advice to that is set routines, set morning routines and night routines. And it doesn't have to be a complex one that takes like, an hour and a half, literally just have some something, something for yourself that's 15 minutes when 15 minutes before you go to bed and 15 minutes when you wake up, right? So whether that's sit in silence for five minutes and then sit in silence for five minutes, then stretch for five minutes, and then uh journal for five minutes. So you really want to have the basically the framework that I would suggest is have some silent time, have some time where you can pour out your emotional baggage from the day and then have some time to like lightly move your body or take care of your body. So, you know, maybe you don't want to stretch. Maybe you do some mobility, some yoga. Maybe you do a few push-ups or you drink a cup of water, whatever, whatever works for you. But have something for your uh, body, mind and spirit right before you go to bed. And then the same thing when you wake up, because, you know, uh, alongside with the natural wake-up time because we're creatures of habit so you'll have the wake-up time instilled in you and then you'll also have these little habits that you're starting your day starting your day off with small wins like making your bed every single morning that's the smallest win in the book but I promise it it helps so much but yeah if you're having trouble going to bed cut off your phone sooner cut off your phone sooner move your body a little bit and pour out your emotional baggage. That was awesome. And again, I want to reiterate, I cannot believe you're only 20 years old. That was like very sage like advice. So uh, with that said, we are at the end of the interview and I always give my guests, it's my favorite part. I just give you the floor. Um, you know, a lot of people listen to this and they're going to take to heart what you say. So you're optimistic, you're wise, you've given tons and tons of awesome answers to some interesting questions. What else do you have to say? Perfect. Thank you. Um, Real quick, something something that you just earlier I wanted to touch on when you're like, whoa, what do you do when when people will be like, wow, you're only 20 or how are you going to help me if you're only 20? And ultimately, what I'll always say is like, I'm not teaching or saying anything profound or anything unheard of. I'm just expressing simple truths. That's really my biggest thing is simple truths like 
what are the little things that we know we should be doing every single day? We know we should be doing, everyone should be doing these things, but we don't because we either overlook them or we forget them. That's exactly what I teach. So my, my last little piece, my last little piece is ultimately wherever you are in life, whether you're happy, unhappy, whether you're lost, you're fully in purpose, you're an entrepreneur, you're a soccer mom, whatever you're doing, my, my challenge to you is to ask yourself, where am I, where do I wanna be, and what do I gotta do to get there? Whether you're, you're on top of the world or whether you're at the bottom of the world, I want you to ask yourself those three questions. Where am I? Where do I want to be and how do I get there? And ultimately, you know, uh, a metaphor that I've really been diving into a lot is the the rainbow and pot of gold. So when you're going through that process of finding out where you are, where you want to be and where you and how you're going to get there, remember, remember the rainbow, right? We, we always see the rainbow and we think of the pot of gold at the end, but you don't see the pot of gold you don't see the pot of gold from the distance, you see the rainbow. And the rainbow, it resembles the process. And there's so many more colors in the rainbow than there is in the pot of gold. Because the pot of gold is ultimately just one color and one thing. So what I'm saying is fall in love with the process, fall in love with the ups and downs, fall in love with the gray skies behind the rainbows and find the good and the bad through all things. And you know, like I said, there's more colors in the rainbow. So there's way more to appreciate and way more to evaluate than how we typically surface level evaluate things. So my challenge is for us to dive into our situations a little deeper than we typically do, gain a little more perspective than you typically do, react, re react to something a little more different than you typically do that's my challenge for whoever's listening and ultimately if you want some help with your self-discipline or if you need help finding your purpose you can definitely reach out to me i know my i think mike's gonna put my links but you can reach out to me and we can have a one-on-one -on -one session where i can just see how i can help you and then i can show you my different packages you can join my mastermind or we can just chop it up and be friends. So uh, my biggest thing, my biggest thing is work every single day to become who you want to be and understand that you have everything within you to do whatever you want to do. That was so damn cool. Thank you, James Hodge Green, for helping us put another nail in the coffin. Um, as he mentioned, of course, if you look in the notes, there will be links to everything about him and how to find him. And uh, I, I openly and avidly encourage you to do so. Um, I feel motivated from today's talk, and I'm just really happy that I got a chance to connect with you. Um, and again, thank you so much. And I really, truly mean this. Thank you for caring about other people and caring about our world. Um, it matters more than anything, in my opinion. And we're all capable of helping each other and you're doing a great job james so thank you and to everyone at home again if you want to help out the podcast the number one thing you can do is subscribe and the number two thing you can do is to rate us on whatever app you listen to us um other than that thank you for listening either way we love you and appreciate you and my name is mike oppenheim you have been listening to coffin talk and we will see you soon